listening to Making a Difference About Domestic Violence and Abuse with host Shereen Rice on the CWR Talk Network. Welcome, this is Shereen Rice with Making a Difference About Domestic Violence. My goal for this show is to educate and help in the healing journey for those that are suffering from domestic abuse. If you are listening tonight, you can call me at 917-889-8078. If you are listening tonight and you cannot get in touch with me on my phone, you can email me at Shereen. CWR at gmail.com. So I'll spell out my name for you because that's a difficult one. S-H-A-R-E-E-N-E-C-W-R at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you either way. I would like to remind everyone that our show is every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 Mountain, and 8 Central. That being said, at times it may not be live. It may be pre-recorded uh, for the convenience of the um, guest is what I usually do. My show can also be heard on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play if you subscribe to those services. If you want a direct link to those services, you may go to the CWR homepage on our website at cwrtalknetwork.com and click on the logo for that service. If at any time you experience a trigger by this topic, please call the national hotline. Let me give you that number. It's 1-800-799-SAFE or one 800 799 7233. So keep that close by just in case. I want to share an experience with you this last weekend. I went to Oregon. I have a dear friend, my best friend from high school is very ill and and probably will not be living very long. So I went up to visit her and um, we had a, a great visit, but I also visited some other sisters, sisters of, of domestic violence. And one of my favorite <clears throat> sisters of domestic violence um, a survivor is Karma, and Karma decided she would give me a new nickname, which I actually kind of like. It's um, the Porter Rockwell of domestic violence. Now, Porter Rockwell, if you don't know who he is, um, he was a bodyguard for some Latter-day Saint prophets from the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saint prophets, Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, and and he. Uh, made sure that they were safe. And so um, he was called two different names. One um, qualifies, one does not. He was called the Avenging Angel, which I don't avenge, so that one's out. Um, But he was also called the Destroying Angel. And that I am. I hope to destroy abuse through educating everyone about domestic violence. I want to bring this so much to the forefront. I I want it to be a daily word. I want people to understand it. I want people to see it coming and going. I want little children to understand that abuse is not okay. I want everyone to understand that abuse is not okay. I want them to know what it looks like. I want them to see it, like I said, coming and going. If you see a guy walk up to you and start talking to you, I want you to try to identify anything that comes out of his mouth whether it's abusive or not. Let me give you an example. <laughs> I'm going to be killed for this, but I'm going to share it with you anyway. I was in a meeting. The room was filled with domestic violence people, and there was some law enforcement there. As you know, and as I know, 43% of all law enforcement 
are DD perpetrators. We understand that. I mean, that's just a given. That's been proven over and over and over and over again. So some areas are larger because it's on average, some areas have a larger um, amount of DD perpetrators in their law enforcement and some have less. So that being said, when these law enforcement were there, prayed that someone told them what I do because my motto is anything you say can and will be in my next book considering it is on domestic violence and lo and behold one of them opened their mouth and all I did is start counting counting all the uh, uh, measures of abuse methods of abuse what did they do and exactly what they did well number one they raised their voice that is a method of abuse number two they made it their their point, they were pointed and direct and um, demeaning intentionally. Um, again, another method of abuse. They were unprofessional. That's a, that's a given. Uh, they did it in a public place. That's definitely abuse. Um, I mean, it just went on and on and on. I'm like, why didn't anyone tell them? The guy just came up with the topic of my next book. It was the best thing that ever happened. So the first words out of his mouth were, evil just happens. So evil just happens is going to be the title of my next book. And it's going to be on domestic violence um, perpetrated by law enforcement, judicial officials. And um, I'm getting letters from uh, different victims who have been arrested. Victims who have been arrested by law enforcement because they are unable to identify the difference between a victim and a perpetrator. Uh, And they don't have the skills. They don't have the training. They don't have the ability. So that's why I push for DV advocates to go out with them. Or, you know, me, destroying angel, go out with them. I'm fine with that. Um, But when when you have an entire crew full of narcissists, it's very difficult. That being said, so I'm in this meeting full of DV people. How many do you think stood up against against the abuse? How many stood up? That's right, zero. An entire room full of people who fight against domestic violence in their careers, and not one person stood up. That's why we have to make it so important that everyone understands what it looks like. And I don't care if it's someone pretending to be your friend, like law enforcement. They, too, can be perpetrators. Anyone can be a perpetrator. It can be from your job. It can be your friends. It could be so on social media, people you don't know, pretending to be your friends. Um, it can be uh, your abuser. It can be at school. One thing that I hate is they hide the word abuse and they use the word bullying. Well, bullying and abuse are one and the same. Sorry to say, they are not different. They are the same. Now, I don't like the word domestic violence. That's why I use the word domestic violence and abuse because all abuses are not domestic. An excellent example of that would be the Savior when he was abused over and over and over. It wasn't domestic, was it? Absolutely not. And he was abused before he was arrested, just like a lot of victims that I know, unfortunately. So I'm going to accept the title or the nickname of Porter Rockwell for the domestic violence of domestic violence. And um, I'm going to add to that the destroying angel of domestic violence uh, against domestic violence. So those are my two nicknames if you want to. 
uh, talk to me every <laughs> say hey destroy an angel all right anyway so what makes a victim that's our our kind of our question what makes a victim actually it's my title tonight is anyone can be a victim but let me talk about that first okay uh, let me talk about what makes a victim first so domestic violence and abuse has a um, I sometimes call it a baseline, but I don't like the word baseline in this um, format, but has a, let's say baseline, of power and control. So all domestic violence encapsules an abuser needs to control their victim. This may be a familial setting, a job setting, friendship setting, social media setting, school setting, any setting. Okay, I, I discussed this already. It doesn't matter the education level of the victim or the race of the victim, the religion of the victim, the economic status of the victim. That being said, there are some races that have more that have more perpetration than others. Um, religions seem to be, uh, there seems to be a lot of um, abuse in some religions as well, um, a lot more than others, it seems. And, um, but I'm just saying the victim doesn't have, it doesn't matter about the education level, the the race, the religion, or the economic status of the victim, because it happens to the poor. It happens to the rich. It happens to the, um, those that have, that are educated, those that are uneducated. It happens to everyone. Okay. It, it doesn't matter. Okay. Since we got that down. So abuse can also be indirect and indirect means that it can be um, your abuser's friend. And this happened to me all the time. Um, I would hear the abuse from my my spouse, and then I would hear it from his family members, and then I would hear the same words, the exact same words from his friends. And we just go down the line, boom, boom, boom. And I said, I know exactly when you're talking, uh, t- what you're talking to your friends about because I hear it from your friends. And um, it, it it just would tear me down. That, that's what they do. They just tear you down. But we'll go into that in just a bit. Um, once a person has been abused, they have a choice. And I tell everyone this. All victims of abuse have a choice. They can either become an abuser or they can become a survivor and a thriver. So they have a choice. Once a person has been abused, they can become either an abuser or a survivor or a thriver. And... Um, Abusers are trained. They're trained well. They're trained by their perpetrator, which is usually a parent, a guardian, um, someone that they're close to, someone that perpetrates on them from a very young age. Could be a, a minister, um, you know, uh, any anything. Could be absolutely anything. But they're trained how to abuse, how to threaten, how you know, the whole gamut of abuse. So once a person has become a victim of abuse, they have that choice to either continue to abuse others or work on their healing journey. So those are the two choices that a person has once they become an abuser. You're probably asking me why I I say these things because um, the first person to say they're a victim is an abuser. Well, they were once, but after they beat the crap out of their wife, they are no longer a victim. They are a perpetrator, but they know to say how to say it and when to say it to dupe other people so please be aware of that let me share some differences um, because sometimes victims 
are convinced by their perpetrator that they are the abuser. And this is very common. Please understand, this is probably happens in 99% of all relationships, abusive relationships. The abuser is so good at twisting and turning the mind of a victim that they actually think they're the abuser. So let me share with you the differences. Number one, an abuser wants power and control over another person. They will use any means to accomplish this task, any means. Number two, a victim wants their control back. They will use any means to get this task accomplished. So you're probably saying, since they both use abusive tactics most likely, what's the difference? Proactive and one is reactive. One is a perpetrator. One is self-defense. One is displaying intimate terrorism. And one is trying to become free from the terrorist. Huge difference. Huge difference. What upsets me the most is 86% of all women in jail in the United States is a victim of domestic violence and abuse. Yes, some of them have chose to become perpetrators. That's true. They have made that choice. But many of them, if not almost all of them, were defending themselves, trying to free themselves from their perpetrator when they used abuse tactics. And everything that the uh, abuser said to the police was twisted and turned because, hey, they did it to us. Do you think that anyone, they couldn't do it to someone else? Because they absolutely could. One thing I, I when I was um, getting my restraining order, trying to keep it on, and my abuser was there, I actually started to believe the things he started to say about me. And I didn't, it, in my head, it wasn't he was saying about me. He was just saying it, right, about someone. And And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I started to believe what he said was true, but I know the truth and I know he's lying. But if he can convince me whom I know what the truth is actually, how is the the judge going to know the truth? Because they are that good. And I said this before and I'll say it again. There is not one, not one actor in Hollywood that can compare to the acting job of a perpetrator of an abuse, an abusive perpetrator. The Oscar should always go to the abusive perpetrator because they far exceed any, any actor in Hollywood. They're very good. I mean, you know, if they duped us, they can dupe just about anyone. And um, unfortunately, they're very successful. They know what to say to law enforcement. They know what to say to judges. They know what to say to DAs. They know exactly how to maneuver the legal system and the people in the legal system. They know exactly how to do that. And so those that people actually become what's called indirect abusers. Unfortunately, law enforcement judicial officials are used frequently as indirect abusers. It's, it's sad, but it's true. It happens. Okay, so let's move on. How do abusers abuse? So this is something that we need to talk about. Abusers use psychological abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, spiritual abuse, animal abuse, and financial abuses. They use their friends or colleagues, the internet, 
family. Because remember what I said, it's direct and it's indirect abuse. Both of them is, is, is victimizing. Okay, so let's talk about psychological abuse first. This is the first and most extensively used abuse by all abusers because it's in all abuses. A guy just doesn't walk up to a girl and hit, hit her and say, hey, I love you, baby. No, 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 no. He uses his every women while to, to I want to say, trick a woman. It's exactly trap her into a relationship that she thinks is absolutely fantastic and um, that he is like the perfect guy. I love it when someone says, I love it when someone says, he is everything I've ever wanted, everything. Because one thing he's done is he's listened to you on what you want, and he becomes that thing. And he knows exactly what you want. So what you need to do is listen to your gut. Your gut speaks louder than your your brain, for sure. So I'm one who's always needed to see or hear or something to really understand that something is true. And it wasn't until I was so badly abused that I realized gut feeling was, what anxiety um, was telling me, what you know, the nervousness and the walking on eggshells and all of that was telling me. So um, they use psychological abuse. Um, this is what they will use first. They will lull their victims into a false sense of security, get their victims to trust and rely on them completely. Then they will start to insult, isolate, blame, intimidate, stalk, humiliate, beat up, you name it, after that. But first what they do is they lull you into a false sense of security, get you to commit to the relationship. They always wait till you commit to that relationship that's either moving in with them, marrying them, so forth. When they know that, that you are completely committed to the relationship, that's when the abuse will start. So what I usually tell people is when the ink dries, the abuse starts. Unless you've moved in with them, then it's probably already started. And you'll never know because it's very mild right at first and it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. I'm sure you've heard about the boiling water. You throw a crab into a pot of water and then you turn on the heat and they kind of get used to that water getting warmer, 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 warmer. So they're just sitting there enjoying the water because that's what they're in all the time, right? Water. Until it's too late. And that's what happens to us. Physical abuse or psychological abuse, I'm sorry, usually always turns into physical abuse at some point. I know there are a lot of um, people that I've talked to that it did not turn into physical abuse. I get that. But it typically does. So I, I do like it when people are not, Absolutely typical. That being said, psychological abuse is far worse than physical abuse or sexual abuse. The reason for that is because you can heal physically and you can heal sexually. But it is the psychological abuse that is the baseline that was used to get you to the point of that physical abuse or sexual abuse that will always be with you. In fact, 
when I was talking to a friend not too long ago, I said to her, um, I've been out four years and I'm still having some problems. And she said, oh, I've been out 20 and I'm still having problems. So, because I was asking her, how long does it end? She goes, I don't know. I'll let you know when I find out. So, just so you understand, this is going to happen. Psychological abuse stays on for a really long time. Um, I was very badly psychologically abused about 35 years ago. And uh, just recently, I've tried everything under the sun to heal from this. Everything. And uh, I'm not saying that this is going to work for everyone, but it worked for me. A friend of mine called me and said, hey, why don't we try some EMDR? And I said, whatever, because I've tried everything. Absolutely everything. I said, let's try it. Let's try it. So we did the EMDR thing. And literally, in one sitting, um, I completely got rid of it. Now, that being said, it was two weeks ago, and what she says said was it will and uh, it will desensitize. So it it just won't matter to me anymore, and it just doesn't matter to me anymore. I'm trying to see how long that will take. Again, that was two weeks ago, right? So we're gonna see how long this goes. I did try to trigger it again, knowing what would cause the trigger, and it didn't trigger. So uh, that was good. I'm thinking this uh, EMDR thing uh, might be a very successful way of handling um, abuses for some people. Okay, let's move on. Physical abuse is anytime you're slapped, hit, kicked, punched, strangulated, use of weapon. I'm sorry, that's physical. I am saying physical, right? Okay, slap, hit, kick, punch, strangulate, use of a gun, weapon, damage, personal property, among others. I mean, using a weapon, you don't even have to discharge the weapon. Um, My ex, okay, so you're not going to understand this, but they do really psycho things. So you're going to think, wow, that's really psycho. That's ex- This is exactly what he did. I'm going to repeat it. So he would hold a gun to his head, put his head next to mine, and said, when I feel the big one coming on, I'm just going to take us both out at the same time. Now, he did not say this once. He did not say this twice. He did not say this three times. He said this so many times, I really even can't even count that high. But he did it all the time. Do you think that was physical abuse? Mm. Well, it did a lot of physical damage to my innards. And my brain, but it was more psychological abuse. But anytime there's a weapon, it's definitely psychological abuse. But they, if there's ever a weapon, it's a 500% chance of being killed. Pretty high. Okay, sexual abuse. Is any unwanted touching um, on your body? A sexual abuse is actually anytime sex is used to manipulate you. So sexual abuse can be um, rape. It can be touch when you don't want to be touched. It could be um, withholding it if um, as a means to manipulate you, to psychologically um, abuse you. If withholding it is, is abusing you, then it is abuse as well. Okay, let's move on. So technology. Or technological abuse, whichever you'd like to say. Opening someone's email without authorization, 
is technological abuse, being forced to give a password, harassed, intimidated, manipulated, or receive any unwanted communication via internet or phone. So in this state, Utah, that I live in, and I have checked into other states because I do write about technological abuse. Um, I was actually at one time trying to integrate it into my dissertation, which I have withdrawn at this time. But so in this state, if they do anything twice after you've asked them not to, is technological abuse, and you can have them arrested. The thing is, is what I have found is judges are like, oh, he only did it twice, and he didn't do it a third time. Um, no, I'm sorry. The, the law is twice. Arrest him, whoever. Once you ask them not to, they can't do it twice after that. That's in Utah. Every state has a different law. So every state does it a little differently. Not sure what the um, what it is for each state. So you have to look it up in the laws for each state. Okay. So, oh, you know, one thing I do want to say about technological abuse as well is one thing abusers love to do. They love to use technology because they can hide who they are. And um, it happens a lot. I've seen it happen. It's happened to me. Um, Someone made up a password, um, passed out some pictures of me, and fabricated some stories. But that being said, I know the only person with this fabricated story, because it was thrown at me on numerous occasions, was my ex-husband. Beans that my ex-husband doesn't even know how to use or turn on a computer, I knew that he is not capable of that. But I also know that... um, family members close to him are very familiar. So did he use other people? Absolutely. And they will. They'll use other people to hurt you in any way that they can. And they a lot of times they'll go after your jobs. He always went after my job. One thing he couldn't stand was that I, number one, had a job. Number two, I made more money than he did on the uh, baseline. Um, let me see, um, that I had, um, I had benefits. He didn't have any because he was self-employed. So they want to hurt any part of you that they think they can successfully hurt you. And they will try. They'll try anything. All right. So moving on, let's talk about, let's talk about animal abuse. And I did not write down animal abuse or anything about this. What I'm actually sharing with you is in a blog that I wrote for um, Break the Silence Against Abuse. And it was um, a, a, probably about a year ago that I wrote this, so I'm sharing it with you now. But I didn't use animal abuse. But animal abuse is a big one because abusers will, will hurt animals to hurt you. Or they'll just hurt animals because they're an abuser, right? Either one. Uh, that being said... Abusers also use children to abuse you. Uh, But we're talking about animal abuse right now. So they will do anything they can to hurt you. One time I saw my husband's dog cower. Actually, I saw this all the time. Cower as he ran outside and he would run past him really fast. And I said, wow. You know, being a behavioralist myself, working with behavioral children for the last 20 years, I said, um... You know, why does he do that? 
And he said, well, I think I might have kicked him a little too hard one time. Should a red flag have been flying above my head? Absolutely. Was it? it? A little bit, but not as much as it should have. I really didn't want him to have that dog after that, and I did ask for it in the um, when I put a restraining order on him. I I wanted the dog, and the reason why I wanted the dog is because of the fact that he intentionally would hurt the dog. For what reason? He's an abuser. That's what abusers do. They hurt people. They hurt dogs. They hurt cats. They hurt all sorts of animals. It doesn't matter to them. Nothing matters to them. They had well, because he was a he had no soul. So that you know, there you go. And should I have seen that? Oh yeah, but didn't. All right, financial abuse. Let's talk about that. That's when forced career change through manipulation, threats, coercion, shaming, tracking money, uh, no bank account. Savings checking, no debit card, threats of leaving to cause insecurity of the victim financially or the abuser is not working um, with the desire to be taken care of. Okay, so I have a lot of friends that are victims of abuse or survivors, I should say. And we talk. Survivors talk. And one thing we found that was a common denominator was our, our husbands didn't work or didn't want to work, or worked very few hours. Yep, been there, done that. My One of my dearest friends, she goes, when I married him, he had this great job up in Alaska. He made, you know, I don't know, six digits. He made lots of money. It was great. We were very um, well taken care of. And then after about two, three months after getting married, he quits. And she said, oh, well, that's okay. Just find a job around here. He never found a job after that. For some reason, some abusers want to stay home so that they have more power control over their victim so they can watch their every move, so they can do what they want, um, manipulate how they want, control how they want. Gives them, For some reason, gives them more power and control if they stay home. I thought that was very interesting. Um, and this wasn't just in one... Uh, dear friend, this was in several, so I was shocked that this was more than just the case for me. Um, uh, forced career, I do want to say that I was taking classes in administrative for um, for education because that's what my husband wanted, and I didn't want it. And as soon as we split up, I quit it, and I started my Ph.D. in another area. That's what I wanted. I wanted um, a psychology, um, educational uh, type Ph.D., not an administrative, EDD. I didn't want that at all. Um, Now, now they all do something a little different, so I don't think that they all do the same, but Mine, on the financial abuse, it was, I wish I would have seen this coming and going. Um, 
I got a we got a, a savings account together, and I was supposed to add money to the savings account. But when my check would come, I'd pay my bills, and then he'd say, "Okay, write a check for this, and write a check for that, and write a check for this." So I would, and then where would the shaming and blaming and the demeaning come in? That would come in of you can't save a dime, can you? Well, if I didn't have to pay for your this and your that and your this and your that, yeah, I would be just fine saving money. I don't have a problem saving money today. I don't know, um, but that's another thing they do. Another thing my, that my um, abuser would do is he would put um, my check checks and my credit cards sometimes even in um, a box. A shoebox. And he had a ton of shoeboxes in his office. And my shoebox would go up there somewhere. I did not know what my shoebox really looked like. I didn't really notice. I just knew that it came out once a month when I was going to pay bills. And so this was so regular that when after I left, I didn't even remember which bills I had paid. And I actually overpaid several bills a second time thinking I had not paid them. Because I didn't remember paying them. Number one, I was in shock. Number two, I had a head injury. But um, I I was so badly financially abused because he controlled my finances completely and would shame and blame and manipulate and um, mistreat me um, all the time about my finances. And if I overspent on my credit card, which had a $300 limit, and I paid it off every paycheck. Um, he would be very, um, he would keep my credit card and put it in the box. Um, I don't use credit cards all that much for for obvious reasons uh, for myself because I don't like them. And, um, but that's what happened. He would do that for that reason. And, um so you have to watch financial abusers. I think they all financially abuse. The ones that I think are the absolute worst, though, is when they threaten that they'll leave them penniless, they'll take the children, they'll never amount to much. It's a That's a biggie. Okay, so indirect abuse. I really want to talk about indirect abuse because of the fact that it is abusing a victim through other means. Law enforcement judicial officials are one of those means or two of those means. Or three, because the DA's office is in there as well. But it's also their friends, your friends, your family. It could be your family. I had one friend that would tell me that his her family just loved him so much that she should never leave him. And he was such a good guy. He was so awesome. They get in with your family. Now, I was lucky. Mine would never have believed mine, my ex-husband. They never would have believed anything that came out of his mouth. For some reason, they didn't like him from the start. I didn't know why, but I learned quickly. Anyway, um, so they'll get in with your family and your friends, and your family and your friends will just love him because he's the absolute best guy. Remember that guy I told you that you married, uh, that we married? It was the best guy. He had everything in common with us. He was kind, considerate, very serving, very selfless. And that's what they put out. Remember the actor thing that I told you about? Okay. So now the family, your family and your friends are buying into that. He's the nicest guy. You have everything in common. He's so kind. He's loving. He's caring. He's, he's service-oriented. 
what more would you want in a guy? And then you get behind closed doors, but you know what he's really like. They don't. And when you say, oh, he does this, they say, I know him. No, he would never do that. Don't say mean things just to be mean to him. Just to get back at him for some reason. And you're like, who is ever going to believe me? Okay, I will believe you. I've heard the wildest stories, and I know they're true. Because it is only the wild stories that are absolutely true. I don't know if any of you have seen the movie um, by uh, Jan Broberg. Uh, had her personal story um, put on video, and I just saw it on Netflix. I can't remember the title, um, but you might want to look it up, Jan Broberg. I mean, it is the wildest story, and you're like, how could that ever be true? It was absolutely true. Absolutely true. But the absolute wildest things that included aliens and pregnancies and all sorts of things, absolutely true. So... If it's really outlandish, it's most likely true. If you really think, wow, how did they come up with that story? Most likely true. Now, this being said, might I add, I'm a very kind of A-type personality. That's what I call myself. I don't know what that is exactly, but I know that I am because people tell me that I am. So I am. So I'm an A-type personality. Um, so I'm very analytical, which is very true. It is something I absolutely love, cherish, and adore. But that being said, I've never been able to be creative. In fact, I've tried to enhance my creativity by writing scripts. The only thing is, the only thing I write scripts on is real life things. So that requires analytical thinking, not the creative brain. So if someone thinks for one second I could ever come up with a story, they're out of their mind because I can't come up with a fake story. I I just can't. I'm not that creative. My brain doesn't work that way. So I think that's why my family um, believes what I say, even though it does sound rather crazy with uh, what I tell them about my last experience, which was not just my abuser. It was he used indirect abuse all the time. And in every aspect, he used indirect abuse. Okay, let's talk about spiritual abuse. Church leaders can be abusive. One thing an abuser likes is power and can, uh, power. And a church leader has a lot of power. Does not respect individuals in their congregation due to their narcissism. Demands allegiance to Christ. Um, creates culture of fear and shame. Requires their congregation. Um, live a simple, humble life, but they live a lavish one. Abusers are spiritually abusive by using God and scriptures to manipulate, lie, to gain control of their victim. And so um, my ex would use spiritual abuse by saying, why do you go to church? There's no God, Uh, you know, and just demean me constantly about wanting to uh, um, go to church. And, and to follow um, my Savior the way that I know that he's asked, um, to be obedient to my covenants. Um, he always tried to to hurt all of those. And, and that is also abuse. Not just someone who is a preacher and is abusive to their congregation, though their congregation 
may not see that as abuse. Uh, but then, you know, we had the Jim Jones situation in 1978, right? In Uganda. But anyway, um, so spiritual abuse can be either a spiritual leader or your abuser using spiritual abuse um, towards you to demean you, to hurt you, to um, use the scriptures or God. I have one friend who's, who's um, abuser, he's absolutely loved by the entire congregation. Because remember about the acting thing. Everybody sees the act. Everyone believes the actor. How wonderful he is. How great he is. How sweet, kind, loving, service-oriented he is. Remember, I said all that. Okay. And remember, he could beat anyone in Hollywood for an Oscar, right? Remember, I said that as well. Okay, so you have your abuser, who is the best abuser of all time. And and you're like, and when you get home, though, behind closed doors, he starts saying, you need to repent, you weren't kind today, or whatever. Um, she always, he would raise his voice, he would just rage at her. Total borderline personality, I will tell you that. Borderline personality to the to the max on that one. Um, he would totally raise his voice, be just rude, mean. Um, how I know is one time um, she ca- called me, and I was listening to him rage at her and it was the hardest thing to listen to and he was so mean and cunning and crafty and belittling it was the saddest thing and I I have not kept contact with her I hope she has gotten out of that situation absolutely for sure Okay, so remember I said that abuse is everyone. Well, let's talk about abuses um, on statistics on that. Women are most frequently abused. Unfortunately, when women are defending or reaching to, uh, uh, reacting to the abuse, which is sometimes labeled physical abuse, women typically use psychological abuse to abuse their victims. So women are... Uh, the reason why that domestic violence is called a gender-based violence because women are the ones who receive that perpetration from a, a victim, uh, from a, an abuser. I don't really know why, but that's that's the case. And um, women can be um, physically abused, psychologically abused, all the abuses. Uh, but I also brought in there that women could also abuse. Now, because of the fact that 96% of all deaths occur, uh, that all deaths that occur in domestic violence are women, that's why it's called a gender-based violence. That means 4% of all deaths that occur in domestic violence are men. You Probably perpetrated by either another man or another woman, a woman. So, when I am talking to law enforcement, I always say two things. Women are typically psychological abusers. So if you see scratches, those are defensive wounds. If you see stabbings, and I mean several, then stabbings in the man, then 
it might she's probably the physical abusive type, which is a very very like one percent. It's not very high. It's very very low, and um, or shootings. I'm sure uh, women who are physically abusive are stabbings or shootings. But shootings, most likely, they're going to kill them, right? But if these guys are still alive, most likely, I'm, I'm sure she would use a lesser object. But anyway, so physical abuse is typically perpetrated by men. And that's why this is considered a gender violence. One in three women will be physically abused in their lifetime. One in four women are victims of severe physical abuse. One in seven women are stalked. One in five women are raped. And 94, I'm sorry, I said 96, 94% of all murder-suicide victims are female. Uh, um, Murder-suicide DV victims are female. So like homicides, uh, homicides and suicides, 94% of them are female. Well, sometimes the only way out is is suicide, right? I I, I hear this all the time, and it, it just breaks my heart. Um, they want to die because that's the only way the abuse will stop. And you know what? When I was in their spot, trying to heal from my from my abuse, when the abuse after you leave, as as you know is exponential. It becomes so much worse once you leave. The reason for that is because they don't have control over you, do they? They don't have control over what you say. They don't have control over what you do. So therefore, they have to be they have to up their game. That's why 70 um 72% of all victims Are um, perpetrators. Let me see. It looks like I might have some calls. Hello. Hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Um, I think our society itself is a very violent one, and what occurs is that uh, violence in this system is utilized to gain power whether that's on yes. the political side or the family side, the religious side, and yes. people that are peaceful and want to communicate differences will lose to the person that's willing to knock the other one over the head. And we're taught this, I think, from as children, that, uh, you know, that's kind yes. of the Western model. I think the Eastern model may have a few improvements Excluding Arabia, Indian, or maybe the um, Taino. I don't know if you've heard of that group. It's a Caribbean uh, group. Um, I more, have not. Yeah, the Tainos were some of the first people in the Caribbean. There were Caribs and Tainos. They have, most of them came from South America. And before that, America, because people migrated from Africa over the Bering Strait, into North America and um, well they crossed the land bridge during an ice age um, right? and then ended up in Caribbean Um, but yeah our society is this way and we see it more and more I think 
each year and even nation to nation. If I'm a nation and I have powerful weapons, you have a nation and you don't. But you have a position morally. If I'm willing to come in with my, you know, squad and knock you over the head, there goes your position. Um, so even the United Nations is structured this way. So a lot of what females have experienced abuse too as a child, both sexual, emotional, physical, uh, and every other way. And it was because my parents were in a religion that taught them that, you know, children are supposed to be disciplined a certain way. And if they right. have any critiques, you're supposed to hit them over the head or hit them with a belt. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for your comments. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Have a great day. You too as well. Thank you. Good night. Okay. Hello, this is Shireen, and you're on Making a Difference yes, About Domestic I Violence. Hear you. Hi. You hi. Hi. You mentioned a stat of one in five women are raped. Can you tell me where you got that stat? Yes, all of my stats are collected from the National Coalition for Women. Oh, uh, okay. And um, that's where I get all of my stats. stats. All right. Yeah. Have you taken a look at DOJ stats or FBI stats? Um, no, I have not. Um, I usually only, well, I, I have to be honest with you there. I guess I have looked at some um, judicial stats. They weren't mm-hmm. FBI. Um, they might have been DOG. I can't remember. It was about two years ago um, because of the work that I was working on, on my dissertation at the time. And so I had. Um, I did notice they were a little bit lower than what um, the National Coalition for domestic violence had. I didn't notice that. Um, So, uh, you know, you're going to have different stats, I think, with different groups. What are the FBI stats? Do you know? Not offhand, but I don't think that they have one out of five. When I heard that, and it's about 305 million Americans, and let's say 100, would you say 100 million adult females live in America? Oh, I have no idea. Okay, and I'll tell you why I have no idea, because there's so many um, illegals that aren't accounted for. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, they can really slant the stats. <laughs> yeah. But um, let's take a general overall position of maybe 100 million, Ameri- uh, 100 million uh, females. Could be less okay. than more. Okay. One out of every five, that means 20 million Women have been raped every yes. year. Yes. Every year. Do you believe that? Um, it's actually something like every nine or ten seconds there's a, a rape. So I do think that that is possible. In fact, most of the women I know, again, I work with domestic violence victims, as you know. Most every domestic violence victim that I've ever worked with has been raped at some point in their life. And this isn't just like, oh, only when they're um it could have happened when they were a child. It could have happened when they were a teen. It could have happened in their 20s or 30s or 40s. Some, you know, it's, it, it doesn't happen at a certain specific time. Um, but, again, remember the type of people I work with, uh, that's why the – that's 100%. <laughs> well, yeah, of course, if the women you're going to work with have been the victims of domestic violence, then, of course, you're right. all you're going to get. It's like a hammer always looking for a nail. Well, um, not necessarily because domestic violence doesn't have to include sexual assault. Remember that. But 
it mo- usually does. What I'd like to know is what would be the definition of abuse? Because years ago, um, before PC came in, if a man and a woman had an argument, it was considered an argument. Then right. about 10, 15 years ago, if a man had an argument with a woman, the woman was never really considered to be the abuser, but the man was considered to be a bully if he raised his voice. And I Correct. think that's very, very much of a stretch of the definition of abuse. Um, actually, um, raising a voice is an abuse tactic, and the reason why is because it's someone trying to get control over another. What I usually define as abuse is someone who uses anything to do, try to get control or power over another person, and I don't care what it is. So would you believe that uh, that parents who use either some sort of voice inflection or threats of taking away their Xbox, that would be abuse? Well, it depends. Um, is it to help the child or are you just intentionally trying to hurt the child? So um, I, I would, if you're trying to stop a child from running out in front of a car, you better raise your voice because that might be the only thing that stops them. But if you're just yelling at a child because you're having, uh, because you, that child did something you didn't like, and it it was of no value either way, but it just upset you, and you start yelling at the child, then I think uh, that's some sort Um, of power and control at times. But that being said, keep in mind that all abusers were raised by an abuser, and raising their voice is a tactic for power and control, yes. Oh, well, raising your voice can be a tactic, but then, yes. again, as you say, it all depends. Raising your voice yes. could be a, a tactic to try to ameliorate yes. a situation to make sure yes. that the situation calms down. Right. And to help. Have Are you right. ever going to, or have you ever um, talked about, because I, mean, um, I heard you mention, yes, women do abuse men, but then you yes. kind of, yeah, I'd like to hear that. I'd like to be in on that discussion because, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I have known female abusers, and they are absolutely ruthless to the word go. I mean, they are so ruthless abusers, but they're ruthless through psychological means. I've never seen ever, I have never seen of or heard of a physical abusive woman. Now, that being said, I have seen a lot of victims react physically towards their abuser but I have never seen a an abusive woman be physically abusive. And the reason why is because their power and control is through their psychological abuse, and it is ruthless. It's usually uh, threats are embedded in that, uh, manipulation, lies, uh, right. you know, on and on. Right, trying to guy. Yeah, but yeah. you've never heard of the Bobbitt case? The what, the Bobbitt? Yeah. Lorena Bobbitt? Right. Um, did you hear what he did before? <laughs> yeah, I heard that he was um, abusive, so, but if he, he was abusive... He was abusive and he was having affairs. That's what abusers do. They have an affairs, typically, uh, or a lot of times they have affairs, and she was tired of it. And so she lashed out. And I don't agree with her methodology of of cutting off his appendage, but... Um, he was, there is no but. The man, yes, he committed um, affairs. Yes, and he shouldn't cheat on a woman. As a matter of fact, with surveys taken, right, right, right. There were. I don't know if you've if you've heard of these, but 
the thing one the one activity both men and women do to hurt both men and uh, women the most even when they're separated is to find out that your husband or your wife has cheated on you that's yeah. extremely hurtful yes very and, uh, and i don't i don't agree with that at all i i call men scum for just cheating on yeah. a woman simply because uh, you're bored with what the relationship is like yeah, but at the I same agree. time cheating on her okay psychological abuse but to cut off his penis and you right. said you never and I, heard. like i said i didn't mm-hmm. agree with her methodology of of reacting to his abuse towards her was a correct. I don't a- agree with that as a correct one. Um, but I do believe that she did have to pay for that. Didn't she go to no, she, jail no. for a little bit or something? I don't think she went to jail. If she did, it was for like 10 days probation. And that was yeah, I know. It wasn't very long, I agree with you, because I remember watching that one inside out and backwards. Um, I wasn't really into abuse at that time, but that was a very interesting case, I thought. So yeah, that's why but, I you can't all, you, but you have to be careful what you say, too. You said, I don't know of any women who have been abusive. And right away, you knew of Lorena Rob, uh, Bobbitt. And well, kind of did you hear the, did you hear mm-hmm. first part of my um, conversation of what an abuser is and what a victim is and what abusers and what victims do? No, I just got here about 10 minutes ago. Okay. Um, you know, I don't even mind sending you this link, but, um, abusers, uh, victims usually react to abusers and they will use physical abuse. They'll use verbal abuse. They'll use a a lot of tactics trying Mm -hmm. to get back their own control. Whereas abusers want control over them and will do anything in their power to hurt the other person to gain that control. So that's the difference is one is an intimate terrorist. And one is trying to get free from the terrorist. And well, that's the you, difference. Yeah. I, look, I, in a way, I agree with you. If somebody wants to pick on a kid in school, nowadays they say, well, you've got to don't stand around. Try to inform the principal and, you know, try to form a support group. Where I say if the kid picks on another kid, that kid, uh, the kid who's being picked on punches you in the nose, to me that's the best. A uh, way of getting back your own in um, your own um, individual sovereignty, as it were. Yeah, your and own power. You, yeah, and you shouldn't be condemned by the principal for that. But right, and you know, my dad used to say the same thing: if someone's picking on you, just get a bigger bat. <laughs> yeah. But now you, know, you but get in trouble if you get the bigger bat. <laughs> but when, but would you feel the same way if a woman was cheating on her husband? verbally abusive towards him, and then he cut her clitoris off while she was sleeping. And he, well, I don't know if they ever find that. That would be a difficult task. Well, it doesn't matter if they find it or not. If he cuts it off, um, are you feeling that, well, he's trying to gain back his power? Okay, so start start over that again. Um, okay. Here's, here's Lorena Bobbitt's husband, who was cheating on Lorena Bobbitt. Yeah. Right? Okay. But now, he's you also maintain- used abuse, uh, from my understanding, he used abusive tactics prior to that. Okay, he used abusive tactics. But I don't know if he, um, if he hit her. If he did, I don't, re- I don't remember if he did. But let's say he didn't. But what he did was cheat on her. And you yeah. believe that since he cheated on her, she was trying to gain back her power, and she was a victim reacting, and by cutting off his penis... That was a, you don't, you don't agree with the methodology, you don't advocate it, but you understand it. So I'm saying if you reverse the position, you find a woman, let's say Lorena Bobbitt was cheating on him. Yeah. 
and he was trying to regain his power and cut off her clitoris or cut off her breast, then how would you feel about that? Okay, if she was abusive towards him and drove him crazy into doing something of that nature, mm-hmm. I would understand why he would do it. Uh, I wouldn't agree with it again. Right. Um, but that's what abusers do is they drive their victims literally crazy. Uh-huh. And um, they do stupid things. Yeah. And well, that's agree. why 86% of all women that are in jail are victims of abuse because they have a choice once they become a victim of abuse to either be a an abuser or mm-hmm. to be a survivor. But survivors do lash out at their abusers when they up the um, up, the up their game. Yeah. Well, before I, uh, before I go, uh, take a look at the CDC stats. I'm not sure if this is a formal stat, if, but for years, people in law enforcement agencies have said that um, an unreported 40% of abuse, abuse cases are perpetrated by women towards their spouses, 40%. But men, we've been conditioned not to report it. So if that's a stat that has become formalized now, I would like, I, I'm not sure if it is, um, but it's a stat that's in the, uh, that's in the news. Now, and where did you get that stat again so I can review that? Either it's from the um, Center of Disease Control or um, look it up in Google and, and see if it's become formalized as a real stat. But law enforcement people have said from their experience that, and from people who are do therapy like you do, that yeah. 40% of the um, cases that they've come across have been by women towards men, but not reported because men don't want to say, I've been beat up by my wife. And can I say something about that? Because you brought up a really good issue right here. Um, Uh I do know a lot of men who have been abused. Um, None of them have ever reported it. But it wasn't physical abuse. It was psychological abuse. How do you report that? Well, like you say, women can be ruthless. um, Yeah. by being psychologically manipulative. But at the same yeah. time, I do know of women, I've heard of women anyway, that have been physically abusive towards men. Yeah, yeah. And don't, don't report that either. But I'll let you go. And if you ever, hopefully you'll have a show that's dedicated to the abuse of women towards men that might balance out your opinion that men are always the perpetrators or mainly the perpetrators. It's, it's, it's a um, I just go by the uh, amount of deaths um, of women and... Um, because my area is in that on my dissertation, um, the World Health Organization calls it a gender violence and Mm -hmm. a gender violence against women because physical abuse is a violence, right? And that's why they don't consider psychological abuse, which is far worse than physical abuse ever thought of being. Um, Psychological abuse is. That's why they call it a gender violence against women and um, it's why women are considered usually the victim and not the perpetrator. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, we need to somehow turn that around and also note, that's why I'm trying to bring this out, to be honest with you. I want everyone to see what a victim looks like. I want everyone to know what a a, a perpetrator looks like. I want everyone to understand that um, domestic violence is not just violent. It is nonviolent, and it is psychologically violent and that does worse harm to women and men because I know both sides 
And I have great men that I just love, cherish, and adore. My dad was one of them. My stepmother was ruthless, horrible mm. woman. And um, I just, it wasn't just my dad that was abused. The whole area was abused by her. And all these people came out of the woodwork going, we hated that woman. <laughs> and so yeah, they're I'm all like, women. Yeah, absolutely. There are women who like to rule the roost to the degree where right. they are the, the queen and won't allow any other opinions and will hurt just for the sake of hurting. Right. But because, yeah. But because of the mystique that still surrounds females, men are kind of slow in realizing that when a woman hurts, even though it seems kind of obvious, that is mm-hmm. being done just to manipulate. Men are kind of slow and act in them and finally realizing that, my God, even though she's a female, she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also keep in mind, though, that um, abusers, uh, real good abusers that are male, are really good at trying to play the victim. So that's why it's really important to have someone who understands what abuse looks like. Um, there are specific behavioral traits to abusers and victims, and mm. so it's obvious to be able to pick them out when you know how to do so. And unfortunately, our law enforcement and our judicial officials are not trained well enough. And I have seen so many times when a victim, not all the time, but a lot of times when victims have been arrested and not the perpetrator, and nothing happened to the perpetrator. And what happens to a perpetrator is they just continue to perpetrate on other people. They don't stop uh, there. Yeah. But That's you did very... bring up a really good point. I really, I know that domestic violence, they focus on the violence part, the sexual right. violence and physical violence, when they really need to also hugely focus on the psychological part. I agree with you on that. It, it's just something that needs to not be thrown under the carpet and vacuumed over, like, hey, let's just ignore this. It is the worst kind of violence in my book, and it lasts far longer than physical and sexual abuse ever thought of, of lasting. Well, as, as you said, there's, no, right. there's yeah. no enforcement for it. So, I mean, there are bosses right. who will throw their weight around. There are right. friends who will throw their weight around. There are relatives right. who will throw their weight around. And people do have right. to realize, um, you know, this is abuse. Or even if it's not abuse, I don't have to take this kind of crap anymore. Because right. if I don't treat you um, like this, then you don't have the right to treat me like this. Are right. you ever going to have a show on um, female abuse towards men? Because I think if you do the research, you might find um, that in the last four, last four years or so, that there have been um, people coming forward and new information about the frequency and the um, and the kind of magnitude of abuse that uh, women do perpetrate upon men. And I'd like to come I will, back to hear um, that. <laughs> I would. I, I really would like to do a, a show on that. I, I don't plan it anytime soon. Okay. Next week I'm having a girl on. Um, oh, what is it called? Um, why am I forgetting? Anyway, she she taught she's from the AG's office here in Utah and she's going to be talking on uh sexual um when you sell sell people and what's that called? Um sell people. It's a big thing right now. I'm sorry. You said sell people. Oh, trafficking. Trafficking. She's going to be talking about trafficking. And um, then a week after that, I may have another woman on uh, sharing her story. But you know what? Following that sometime in May, I would like to have a story or a, um, a, a show on just uh, 
on women perpetrators and what they look like. My fear about anything that's judicial is because I've seen them make so many mistakes. Oh, yeah. uh, I, yeah. I fear any any type of uh, stats that come out of there. Because, you know, I work with women to help them heal from their their pain and their mm-hmm. uh, their emotional violence, really. Right. And, um, and I've seen too many women be arrested after they were beat up because they didn't remember what happened because they're, of course, they're in shock. And the per- nothing happens to the perpetrator. That, that really upsets me. But that happens. Um, really? More than you would know. So anything yeah, that comes out of the judicial, yeah. anything um, is a concern of mine. But I will look into that. I have looked okay. into it before, and sometimes I'll say the the lowest amount that I have seen is 80% of women uh, are uh, the victims of abuse. And so sometimes I'll even say between 96 and 80, which is a huge yeah. jump. Um, but it's still uh, the physical abusers are typically men, and the if women are abusers, it's usually always psychological abuse. But there is that few percent that are physical abusers, for sure. Yeah. And I will do a I will do a story on that. I will do some research and some a story on that for sure. And uh, let's talk about probably sometime in May would be probably the yeah, time I I'll be that. looking forward to it, and I'll I'll come back to see um, if the topic. Would Wonderful! Be about... I'm on every Thursday night. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, hey. okay. I'll let you get back to your show then. Take care. All right. Bye. Hey, thank Bye-bye. you so much. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So that was absolutely wonderful. I've had two callers and they made very good points. Um, I'm going to continue on um, with my area because I think I'm going to be off the show. And well, I do have 20 more minutes, so I could recap what my um, – visitors did talk about um one was talking about uh, the last one was talking about female abuse as well which i i will do i i promise i'll do a show on that in may and i'll look into that and this show you know is that anyone can be a victim and anyone can be abusers is is, is what his point was that's true women can be abusers as well um again that being said that women are typically psychological abusers um, because we're not as strong as men. If they did abuse, it would most likely shoot them because they can't physically beat them up, right? Okay, so um, men can be uh, victims. Uh, well, men can be abused by women. This is actually my next area. But the most common type of abuse that women use is psychological. One in four men have received some kind of physical abuse. One in seven have been victims of severe physical abuse. One in 18 have been stalked. One in 71 have been raped. 6% of murder-suicide victims are men. Though several categories are significantly higher than women victims, there are a couple similar in the victim range. Okay, and children, you know, I'm hearing more and more about children being abused that it just saddens my heart. I'm going to tell you from uh, what really upsets me is from ecclesiastical leaders. There is no no excuse for an ecclesiastical leader ever to abuse a child sexually, physically, psychologically, in any way. Um, children suffer mostly from abuse and neglect. Neglect is the greatest abuse of all children who suffered from maltreatment. 75% suffer from neglect, 17 suffer from, 17% suffer from physical abuse, 8.4% suffer from sexual abuse. 
child abuse of any form is horrendous. 8.4 suffer from sexual abuse. I, I actually question if that's a good number. Oh, hold on. 8.4. I wonder if it's higher than that because it, things come out all the time. Okay, so animal abuse. I did talk about that. Animal abuse correlates with other crimes against people. 70% of all animal, animal abuses include dogs. Abusers will abuse anything in their wake for any reason given. The baseline purpose for abuse is power and control, like I, I said before. So they don't just go after the weak. They go after the strong as well. First using psychological abuse and then added to it. Attitude, psychological abuse can be can induce in victims post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, and depression. And this is uh, what I usually work with um, in my dissertation: is those three areas: post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Um, abuse could be psychological, physical, sexual, indirect, spiritual, and financial, as we discussed before. These perpetrators have no boundaries. In closing, I pray that everyone listening has learned something new. If they would like references on any of um, what I do or talk about, I usually use, uh, if you ever hear a stat, it comes from the National Coalition of Domestic Violence Against, I don't think it's against women, I think it's against a National Coalition of Domestic Violence. Um, so that's where I get my stats. Um, I want to share with everyone um, about my domestic violence and abuse conference coming up in southern utah june 7th and 8th i have some absolutely great speakers um i have people coming from texas i have people coming from california i have people coming from oregon all over utah it's going to be absolutely great so i hope that you uh make a point to come out to southern utah and join us in the in the nice hot sun in June <laughs> and look at our beautiful red rocks plan on attending our, our conference. Now, if you'd like to go to my website, it's not completely finished. I'm still working on it um, because I'm waiting for a couple speakers uh, to, to let me know if they're in or out. And so go to savve.org to, to sign up. That being said, I don't think I have my sign-up thing uh, completely finished yet, but hopefully I do. So um, the reason why I have SAVVE as my uh, nonprofit is because it's saving abuse and violence victims through education. I do believe that knowledge and education is the way to success of everything. I, I truly do, and hence I'm a teacher. But um, please stay safe while you're working on your healing journey and have a good night.